You're listening to Customer Perspective, an Ipsos podcast. This is Episode 1, recorded the week of April 13th, 2020. I'd like to welcome you to Customer Perspective and Ipsos Podcast. So Customer Perspective is a weekly podcast and it's aimed at all of you who are concerned in some way with helping your organization deliver on its brand promise to customers. So whether you're a customer experience practitioner, whether you lead CX measurement and management programs, if you head up mystery shopping, if you're responsible for the performance of channels or, or functions and their role in delivering customer success, then this podcast is for you. I'm Helen Wilson, and I'm the Chief Experience Officer here at Ipsos for our customer experience and channel performance business. I'm based in London in the UK, and but I'm here with Trevor. So Trevor's a Vice President in our Canadian customer experience team. So hey, Trevor. Hello, Helen. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. You're very welcome. We're coming off the back of our Easter weekend here. Did you have a good one? Thank you. Yes, sure did. It was uh, a good time. We're very much social distancing. So it was a strange Easter um, with just close family and not extended family. Um, but it was great to spend some spend some time close by. Good to hear. Okay, so podcasts. This is our first customer experience podcast. And for this first podcast, we are delighted to introduce Ben Llewellyn. So Ben is the global head of customer experience. He's, he's based in London, based in London in the UK. But as the global leader, he's in touch with our markets around the world. And as many of you will know, Ipsos is in round about 90 markets. So Ben, you get to speak to rather a lot of people in your week. Yeah, thanks, Helen. Hi, Trevor. Um, thanks for asking me to take part in our first podcast uh, across the series. I'm actually an avid podcast listener uh, on my commute to and from work every day. Not always on customer experience on lots of topics, but I'm really delighted that uh, you've asked me to join. Um, I think this is a really interesting thing for us at Ipsos Customer Experience to do. Um, we've spent a lot of time producing a lot of literature, a lot of written material. So it's great to have another avenue for us to connect with our clients and people interested in this space. So I know right now that Ben is commuting from his house to the shed in his garden. I think he calls it something grander than a shed. It's it's the business centre, Helen. Sorry, Ben. His business centre. So obviously he's speaking about very short podcasts, but (laughs) us might have a little bit more meat to it. Right. Okay, with that in mind. So podcasts, I guess what I wanted to do is use this first one to address some of those questions we're hearing from our clients around the world, specifically about their CX programs, obviously being in contact with our clients day in, day out. They have a whole host of different types of questions. And Ben, I'm assuming you're in the same position. What kind of questions are you hearing from our clients as you're talking to them? Yeah, I mean, the the questions have changed over the last four to six weeks, almost on a daily basis. As you know, we're in a really dynamic situation right now. Um, But the overriding question is, should we continue with our CX programs? What are we measuring now and what is the relevance of it? Some clients are asking, should they pause? Should they postpone their collection? And others are saying, well, you know, we're, we're talking to our customers about certain topics or via different modes. 
should we change these up? Should we, should we, how should we react to the environment that we're now facing ourselves in? And they're also asking a lot of questions about how they use the data. A lot of our clients use data for target setting, for remuneration purposes. And what should their new targets be? And how do they set them? And how do they communicate those to their employees who are also experiencing, obviously, great change? How do we answer that first question as you think about, should we continue? Um, Should we pause the programs or should they continue to be in field as they were previously? Well, you know, obviously as a customer experience practitioner, I would always say let's continue. But, you know, admittedly there has to be some context there because there are a number of clients in certain sectors that are, are really truly suffering. Take the automotive sector or the hospitality industry. If they don't have any customers right now, then their existing programs are going to struggle, right? You're going to struggle to measure customers that simply aren't coming in through the door. So maybe we need to change, and this is what we say to our clients, how they're talking to their customers and what they're talking about. So we know in the automotive industry, for example, that a large proportion of the purchasing process runs online. Customers doing their own desk research visiting websites. So let's talk to them about that instead of the sales process. For hospitality, it's a bit different, but what we're talking to our clients in that sector about is not what's going to happen today or even tomorrow, but what's going to happen in three months from now, six months from now. So different sectors are facing different problems, but our point of view is very much you have to keep talking to your customers to know what they're thinking, what they're feeling, how they're impacted, and to ultimately stay as close to them as you you possibly can be. When you've been tracking your customers over a period of time, to have gaps in that tracking means you lose a lot of the history in the data. So I think it's vital that you you keep doing that. But ultimately, if you're having those conversations with customers, you're you're demonstrating to them that they're still important to your business, um, that you want to listen to them, you have them in mind during this crisis, and ultimately, you're still trying to uh, reinforce that positive impact, you know, driving their emotional attachment, driving their long-term loyalty. And then I, I think there's another part to that, Trevor, which is also to the point I made about the hospitality industry. It's, all, it's very important to know what's going on now. But let's try and look further down the line because behaviors are going to change long-term here. This is not something where... At some stage, we're going to go back to the so-called normal. Uh, I think things are going to change for the long-term future, and we have to work with our clients and with the data that we've collected on their behalf to understand what that might be. You won't be surprised to hear that I obviously agree with Ben, and I think I would say this, wouldn't I? But now more than ever, it's about understanding our customers, our clients' customers, you know, the reality is they have never seen so much change in terms of needs, behaviors, expectations. So it really is about having that really firm hold in terms of understanding our customers to enable you to adapt now. But of course, it's also about anticipating, as, as Ben described, for the world that might be. To be frank, it's still too early to understand what that world might be like. But as customer experience leaders, we certainly need to have a good hold on what's going on in the minds of our customers and their signs of changing behaviours. Ben, I'm going to actually pull you back to some of the sort of more basic 
type questions rather than what yeah. might just be described as some of the sort of more philosophical. Because one of the questions I'm getting is around methodology. Yeah. I think, you know, in customer experience, we've got different types of programs than perhaps my other types of programs that go on at Ipsos. So we do less face-to-face -face research. So we're less impacted in that way. But I guess I'm seeing, and I suspect you're seeing, changes in methodology. What kinds of things are you seeing there? What kind of questions are you getting from your clients in regard to how the data should be collected in these times? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to pull you up on a little bit there, Helen, around the face-to-face -face side, because I think one of the big things that our clients are talking about now more than ever is CX journey work. And uh, this is looking at the different journeys that customers have when interacting with a brand. And typically that's done in a qualitative way. More often than not, it's done face-to-face. -face. And we're having to look, at, certainly at these times, of how we can move that to a more digital method of data collection. So, I, you know, there are elements of customer experience work that are very much still face-to-face. -face. I think you're right in the quantitative data collection space. Most of our data is collected online, um, particularly in what we would say uh, the modern uh, evolved CX markets. But a large proportion of the work we do especially in emerging markets in Latin America, in uh, Africa and Asia Pacific, is still done over the telephone. And so that, you know, one might think that's not impacted. Everybody's at home. Surely they're easier to talk to. But you're talking to people in a very different environment. So we're very much looking and advocating a, a move to digital, be it by your, by your mobile phone, by your desktop, tablet, etc. But basically moving to some form of online data collection or through SMS conversations, text message conversations or WhatsApp or WeChat in China, for example. So uh, these are all the kind of things that we're looking at. Obviously, one of the concerns of a lot of clients is when you move your data collection method, you see a move in your results. And so we, we have a number of approaches that we look at to take this into account and help smooth out those blips in the data that's uh, impacted by a change in methodology. No, you were right there to pull me up on uh, the face-to-face -face issue. And Sorry, I couldn't I was resist. <laughs> Um, I, I was certainly in tracking mode, but I, I, interestingly, I've just topped off a call where I was speaking with some of my qualitative colleagues. So those colleagues who do an awful lot of work face to face, the kind of work you were describing in terms of CX journey, whereby you get deep down and dirty with the customer's innermost thoughts and understanding pain points and the ideal customer journey. And I loved a phrase that they came up with and they recognized the challenges of needing in some cases to shift from a face to face to perhaps some kind of online some kind of digital interaction with with the customers but they talked about the importance of maintaining heart to heart and whilst it may not still be face to face it's still about gaining that heart to heart connections with with customers anyway i'm going to shift away from heart to heart i'm going to get back down with hard and tracking stuff um i guess one of the things i'm seeing is in relation to interview length so um, I'm asking here in regard to some of the questions I'm getting about how should the interview content best be directed? You, you alluded to the need to, I guess, tweak, modify the content of interviews such that it focuses on those things that are particularly relevant today. But you, do you still think it's right and proper that we use the same amount of time interviewing our clients' customers? Should we be doing shorter, longer? 
what's your take on that? Uh, I, personal opinion, I've always been a fan of short and simple. Um, in this day and age, you know, pre the situation we're facing at the moment, uh, customers increasingly have less time at their hands, short attention spans. So I'm very keen on getting straight to the point and getting concise, relevant information rather than extended conversations where people lose patience, the quality of data might start to suffer. So for, uh, my personal belief is let's really focus on, you know, we often refer to the moments of truth, but getting that key data out that's really important to us and can really change uh, our client's business, you know, have impact on their business. And I think by doing this, you really cut to the core of what, our customers are feeling yeah i mean for my mind there is no more quest no more important question than ensuring that the contents of, of any interview and this is whether it's in covid19 times or indeed what we might deem normal times is that you've got an absolutely clear understanding of the reasons why you're asking any questions what are the business objectives driving those questions and frankly if that has to be the absolute lead-in in terms of the types of questions you might be asking. Uh, absolutely. And I, I think the one thing I missed there was the better use of open-ended questions, giving the customer the chance to respond in the way that they want rather than a predetermined set mm. of questions, which they may feel are, are no longer relevant. But you're absolutely right in something you said there, Helen, uh, which is you focus on the business outcome. Let's make sure we have laser-like focus on that and so ultimately we can help change that uh, behavior and the organizational outcomes for our clients. How about if clients are trying to sort out what the experience should be? With so much change and so much change, for example, from like the experience that's being delivered moves from a face-to-face, -face, a personal interaction, now moving to a digital interaction in so many cases. Yeah. How about sorting out what those questions should be what should be added what are the new drivers how do they well, figure that out look I, I think that comes back to some of the journey work elements that i was talking about because you've got customers that are experiencing entirely new things i mean think of all those people that are used to working interacting with their banks by going in and out of the branch to make the simple transactions that many of us already do and have been doing online or via our mobile. Uh, for them, they're going through an entire new journey now, an entire new experience. So to make sure that we're asking them about the right things, we have to understand what that journey is, how they're interacting with our brands, talking to them about things like tolerance levels. You know, who would ever have thought you know, I was doing our online delivery shopping the other day and I was number 12,000 in the queue. I tolerated it because I'm in a special scenario. Previously, if I was more than number four, I would have uh, closed the app and come back to it three hours later. So I think things have changed very much. I, I do think there's a note of caution in that we shouldn't be making knee-jerk reactions to the situation we find ourselves in today. Hopefully, we're in a unique situation that's going to last, no doubt, some more months, but it's not going to be the way that business now is forever. And I think we have to we have to think of that when we're designing 
the questions that we want to ask and the new experiences our customers are currently having. Many of the clients that we work with have been using customer experience metrics in their corporate dashboards, in their management dashboards, and of course, that's often related to compensation and bonuses. And so a lot of the questions that we're hearing about changing the programs are in fact related to impact on targets. Any thoughts around setting targets, changing targets, pausing targets? What are clients thinking about? Targets have a value, right? And I think all of us like targets because ultimately it tells us whether we've succeeded in what we set out to achieve at the beginning of any set time period, let's say on an annual basis. However, when you set targets, the best advice is you don't set a target for a NPS score or a satisfaction score purely based on just customer feedback. You should be doing it within the context of the environment in which you operate. And we actually work with a lot of our clients on setting targets at the beginning of the year, but we then re- help them revisit those targets as the year progresses because economic environments change, political environments change. And therefore, you need to take the feedback that you're getting from your customers, take that feedback, look at it in the context of the environment in which that business is operating, and then reevaluate whether those targets are still valid or not. I mean, all of us in many of our businesses had targets for 2020 that frankly are now out of the window and don't apply anymore. So when we're reevaluating what those targets should be, let's think about what's realistic, um, what we expect our customers to do, and we can know that from listening to our customers. And then finally resetting those targets to give our employees, our organizations, achievable goals through which we can aim for. But I I, I certainly don't think we should be uh, discarding those targets and saying, right, let's not have any targets anymore. Otherwise, what we then see is organizations tend to have a lack of direction and not everybody pulls in the same way. Is there opportunity as we analyze what those targets are to think about the work and the data that's already in place? with many of the programs have lots of analytics that have been done, how could leaders make better use of that data and as it relates through to decisions that need to be made? Well, it's sort of similar to what I said in the the previous question, which is, if you're right, we have lots of historical data with a lot of our clients, two, three, four years worth of data in the tens or hundreds of thousands of customer feedback. And I think if we take that data and merge it with the behavioral data, with operational data, and any other data we have that we think is relevant to the situation, maybe it's contact information metrics, for example, then we can start to use that data and look at short-term change that we're seeing over the past months and weeks, or most recently days, and look at how that feedback is changing and then act accordingly based upon that. But I think the danger is if you just look at your CX NPS trend lines and look at those in isolation, you're going to get a story that you're going to really struggle to make any sense of. That's helpful. And it relates to a a question that we had recently on behalf of a client. They run a multi-country relationship customer experience program. It's done annually, usually in May. Um, And clearly in 2020 will be unique in their trend line that you just described. 
Um, so their question was, will the analysis on where to put their CX effort be relevant and helpful as they make decisions for 2020 and 2021? Yeah, I mean, I would still run it. I would still think that it's very important to understand what my customers are thinking today, because right now you've got very few ways in which you can interact with your customers and truly find out how they're feeling about your brand and the experiences they've had. There's no doubt that how a brand has reacted to this current situation will have impacted the experiences that their customers have had. And the longer term emotional attachment. I mean, people will remember how their brands, how their telco brand, how their bank acted during this last couple of months. So I think it's important that those programs are still run. As, as you said, and I mentioned, Trevor, you, you take it in the context of the environment within which we currently operate. But absolutely, I, I think it's really important to do so. I would say that I wouldn't take any long-term strategic decisions. I think that it's less likely that you're able to do that. I think what you're going to be able to see is look at which segments we're performing well amongst, which segments less well, um, maybe some little tactical decisions, but I don't think you're going to get so much information about where you should be in two years, three years from now, because as I said, you know, it's a very unique situation that we find ourselves in. Ben, when we started this podcast, I asked for guidance in terms of how one should go about uh, undertaking these types of things. And one of the key things I was told is do not go longer than 15, 20 minutes. So whilst I have a whole host of questions here that I would love to pose on behalf of our clients throughout the world, I'm going to hold it off. And I'm just going to ask you whether there's anything else you want to uh, comment on before we close off this, our first customer perspective podcast. Any other messages you'd like to put out there? Yeah, I think the last thing that I, well, the, the last thing, but maybe one of the most important things is we're seeing a lot of clients take the time now to review, pause, reflect on the large programs that they have in place. And I think that's right. And I think what they need to do is rather than talk about some of the things that maybe we've said, like let's change a question here or look at how we're using this metric, for example, now is the chance to really look at your program and say, okay, is what I'm doing really fit for purpose? Is it future-proof? Is this situation as, un as horrible and tragic as it is, providing us with an opportunity to really future-proof what we do in our CX world in the future? And I think it's actually giving us the opportunity to spend some time, consider that, work with our clients on figuring out okay, where do we want to be in the next two, three years and, and how should we change things? So I, I, I think, Helen, that's really one of the key things to come out of this and what we're seeing a lot of clients talk about now. Thanks, Ben. That's a really good point to wrap up and it ties in with one of the key points you were making. In fact, we both referenced this whole point at the end of the day, no matter what your customer experience program looks like, it's about ensuring that it's there to address your business questions. It's about ensuring that it's got the appropriate impact on your business and you know as customer experience leaders we know that typically that's measured in terms of retention 
in terms of share of spend where your customers choose you or choose you more next time or indeed of course the all-important advocacy metric um, and all of that's about doing it in an operationally efficient way and these are challenging times but notwithstanding any program now or indeed the next generation program that you talk about needs fundamentally to deliver a return on your customer experience investment and roxy as we call it here at ipsos is what it's all about i always like to end on a on Roxy. In fact, I always like to start on Roxy. So I'm going to call a close to this customer perspective. Uh, it's sort of podcast. Um, ben, thank you so much for taking part. Trevor, it's been a pleasure co-hosting a podcast with you. I know you and I will be back next week. We'll be back with Craig Bradley who's going to take the chair now. Craig is the global head of Ipsos channel performance team. And for those of you who don't know the term channel performance, that's a, a group of people who are concerned with, with mystery shopping. So uh, measuring the execution of brand promises, as it were, measuring the likes of uh, footfall, shopper conversion, shopper movement, shopping habits, about really providing uh, customer intelligence in terms of marketing, sales effectiveness, and a whole raft of different things across a bunch of channels. So well, I'm sure we'll have a, a packed podcast next week and i hope you'll take the time to join us and indeed if you do have any questions that you'd like to share with us that you'd like to see answered on any of these podcasts please do get in touch our email address is customer perspective at ipsos.com that's customer perspective at ipsos.com and if you'd like to find out more about the information that ipsos is producing right now to guide its clients in regard to these times, uh, please do visit us at ipsos.com or, of course, you can follow us on Twitter at Ipsos. For now, thanks, everyone. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Trevor. And we look forward to catching up with you next week. Thanks, Helen. Thanks, Trevor. Speak soon. Thank you for listening to Customer Perspective, an Ipsos podcast. New episodes will be made available each week so be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app to get the latest episodes delivered directly to you. We are also available on Spotify.